Praise the Lord. We've just had a great time. It's just, uh, I, to be totally honest, and I don't know if I shared this with you before, I, don't, I didn't really know our brother. I knew of him. We uh, kind of grew up in uh, just different parts of the country and such, never really crossed paths too much. Had a wonderful time, wonderful spirit, great fellowship, great friendship. Let's welcome him as he comes. Great ministry. Pastor Evangelist Tony Chase. How are you? How are you? Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. There is a, definitely a kindred spirit. I don't know if you guys can tell, but we even look alike. Look. See? That's what I'm saying. He's my older brother. <laughs> He's got that New York cap up there. Snow. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercy. Can y'all smile a little bit? Thanks, bro, over there. Thank you. Everybody else like, man, the snow melted. It's warmer today. I'm just starting my three-hour sermon. Well, mm-hmm. just want y'all to smile. Anybody have a hard day today? Miss Rose, where are you at? Miss Rose, you're Miss Rose? Can I pray for you right now? Can you come? Hallelujah. We're going to pray and believe God. Oh, that's not how we do it. Well, that's how I do it. We do that at the end. Well, we do it right now. Father, by the blood, we are taking dominion. Father, over every work of hell, I speak life right now. God, over her mind, her body. God, I pray, God, against injury right now. I speak healing, God. I pray a supernatural miracle. God, only you know, and God, I'm asking you, touch her. From the crown of her head to the very soles of her feet, God, breathe upon her. Make her whole right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praise God. Thank you for letting me pray for you, and you let me know how you're doing at the end of the service. God spoke to me to do that, and y'all are like, why are you doing it right now? Sometimes this is what God has to do. Shake the can. Anybody going to smile? All right, guess not. Some of y'all smiling. Like, it's good that you're here. It's good that you're here. But you can't keep missing your moments with God. You listen to me carefully. You can't keep missing your moments with God. Because God has moments. Freddie, right? God has moments. And all eternity is in those moments when God has with you. And in those moments that God has, when eternity is involved, God is giving you marching orders and steps that he wants you to walk in. And if you miss those moments, you're going to walk in steps that are not ordained by God. And you're going to find your life is going to be very frustrating. So don't miss moments you have with God. We don't have a whole lot of them. But I'm telling you, when God gets in your moments, eternity comes with God. And so does his purposes. And he invades temporary moments and gives us eternal perspective. And without that, Freddie, you're going to be only looking at the here and now. I'm feeling this by God. I felt it the other day and I was looking for you. But you missed a moment. I'm just telling you, you don't want to keep missing these. You miss enough of them and you're going to find yourself with hair like your pastor's gray. And you're going to miss the mark by a million miles. I'm not saying it just to be funny. I'm just saying it realistically. You'll be gray and you'll be way out in left field wondering, how do I get out of this? Because God has steps, and he says the steps of a good man are ordered. But he can't order your steps unless you allow your moments to get filled with his eternal colliding. You understand? All right. Okay. All right. Can we smile? The great violinist Niccolo Paganini willed his marvelous violin to Genoa, the city of his birth. But on one occasion, that the instrument never be played upon, they say it was an unfortunate condition, for it is of a peculiar piece of wood that as long as it is being used and handled, it shows little wear. But as soon as it's discarded or set to the side, it begins to decay. The exquisite mellow-toned violin has become worm-eaten, it says, in its beautiful case, and valueless except as a relic. Now... 
As a disclaimer, I was preaching this sermon and someone is very, very well known, gave me a clip and the clip shows that that's actually just a story. That the violin is still in pristine condition and it's actually, I watched a video where it was actually used in the Chicago uh, Symphony some years back. But I like the story. So we'll just keep it as a story. Because the truth that I'm going to pull from that is very valid. The oil and the stress that is placed upon the instrument that comes from the hands of the musician keeps an instrument in great shape. But any instrument left in its case, untouched, is subject to rotting. And I want to preach a minister or minister to you tonight about being an instrument the Lord can use. One verse of scripture, the book of Romans, everybody. The book of Romans, chapter number six, and we're going to look at one verse of scripture. Verse number 13. And for everyone who didn't carry your Bible, they made it up there. Put it up there. I'm not giving it to you tomorrow. Where you at, Darren? Hey, there you are. Hey, I ain't forwarding it to you tomorrow. Everyone's got to bring their Bible. Why did I bring my Bible? They do it for me. Anyways, come on. Romans six thirteen. Had it up there. The Bible says it like this. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. But present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. And I'm asking God, please minister to this people. Please help me. God, carry the word beyond my ability. Arrest the attention of every man. May we see the value of being used by God. Father, I thank you for this privilege to minister. Help me to minister. Carry it beyond my ability. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, say amen, everybody. The melody of heaven. Title of the sermon. Let me talk to you first about the expression of the instrument. An instrument tonight only makes the sounds that the musician makes it make. That there are songs that you and I hear that are very moving to us. They are inspirational. And the reason why is because the musician puts their emotion, they put their heart into this music. And when they begin to play upon their instruments, the sounds that come from their instruments are incredible. These songs move us because they are played with passion. The instrument simply responds to what is played or pressed or pushed through it. The instrument is the tool of the musician's passion. It is the tool of the musician's emotion, how they feel right now. Their outlook on life, their mental place or placement right now, their family, how they view everything in their life is then played through this instrument that they have. At this moment, they take it up and everything in them is literally coming out of this instrument. First Samuel 16 and verse 15. Then Saul's servants said to him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubles you. Another translation says a distressing spirit. It says, let, the Lord, or let our Lord now command your servants, which are before you, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp, and it shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from God is on you, he shall play with his hand, and you shall be well. The need at this moment was to have someone play some music on their instrument, And that music that would be played 
would be like a medicament, if you would. It would be medicine. It would be soothing to the ears. This was the prescription, if you would, that was written to help this madman named King Saul find relaxation and be relieved from the torment that is happening in his own mind. Distress. It means trouble. It means to terrify. It means to startle or to be overtaken by sudden terror or to be utterly overwhelmed. They said, get someone that is skilled in playing on their instrument passionately, for this will soothe you, this will relax you when you are overtaken, when you are suddenly overwhelmed with this fear, and you will be refreshed. 1 Samuel 16, 23, it came to pass. When the evil spirit from God was on Saul that David took a harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well and the evil spirit departed from him. David took his instrument and he played, the Bible says, with his hand on that instrument. And when he did, Saul escaped the madness. He escaped the distress. He escaped the, the misery that overcame him at that moment. Why? Because someone took their instrument and played upon that instrument with all the emotion and passion they had in them. Mm-hmm. Hello, somebody. The expression that comes from the instrument comes from the hands that play on it. Now, this speaks volumes about King David. Volumes. That he is a man that was taken from his father's house. He wasn't asked to come. Will you come, please? Play the king needs. He's asking. He needs someone. No, 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 no. He is snatched away and forced into this position. You will play. Play your instrument. That he's not just there doing what he is commanded. This mad spirit comes upon a rebellious man, which we know we're not talking about King Saul. So don't go there with me. Don't finish my sermon before me. We're talking about the instrument, not the man Saul. Hello, somebody. So right here, you see David is snatched away from his family, forced to play. They say this mad spirit comes upon King Saul. He's overtaken. And they say, play, play. He's not all upset. He doesn't grab his instrument with his attitude all funky. Nah, he doesn't do that. He No, 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 no. He doesn't just get on his instrument and just start thumbing nothing. But the Bible says he takes up his instrument with his hand and begins to play. And when he plays, he plays with his heart. He plays with his passion. He played with the inspiration that the king is not only asking of me to play, but he can see the desperate need and he plays with the knowing, the knowledge that he needs me to play. And with that, and all the emotion that is inside this man, King David, All the passion in him. All the know-how that is in him. He takes up that instrument and he puts his hands, the Bible says, upon that instrument. And when he put his hands on that instrument, he began to play as only he knew how to play. And when he did, Saul, a man that's messed up, A man that is literally under the demonic oppression. This man that is rebellious. Right there, this man found deliverance. He is watching King Saul in real time as he is playing be delivered. As he's on his end, he's watching this man find deliverance. Now, folks, listen to me. If all you ever do is read the Bible and you never find yourself in it, it's nothing but stories. 
This is not just a bunch of stories. You have to locate yourself in scripture. The Bible says, Romans 6.13, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. That the instruments that we are to yield are not simply that of brass or string or drums of some sort, but no, we are the instrument that is to be yielded and played. And when we yield ourselves as instruments of righteousness to the living God, God will take up his instrument like David did. And God will play a melody that is only sounded in heaven on your life on earth. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, there are a a million King Saul's tormented backslidden, messed up, living in brokenness, living in rebellion, living in utter, utter, utter rebellion, living a life that God is frustrated and angry with them, that are desperately in need of that passionate song of emotion being piped in their hearing, in their lives. There are many that will find solace When the Lord is able to play on your life the songs of sweet deliverance on his instrument. The songs of redemption. The songs of deliverance and forgiveness. The songs that reveal the wonder of God to broken and fractured men and women. The songs that say, hey, it's not over. And God strums his instrument and it comes out of your life. A song that says your marriage can work. A song that says your children can survive. A song that says it's not always going to be dark. That God can do that through his instruments. And in a moment of time, a man, a woman, a boy, a girl can escape their distress. They can escape their trouble that is overwhelming them, suddenly taking them over. When the Lord is permitted to play and express himself through his instruments, us. How many know he's not going to do this through a deer? He's doing it through us. Jesus said to Paul, you are my chosen vessel to turn them from darkness unto light, from the power of Satan unto God. You are my chosen vessel. In other words, I am going to play a melody on this instrument. Hello, somebody. You with me? So let's talk about getting tuned, shall we? The violin used in the story was sitting in a case for years. And the the story said the will, he wanted no one to ever play it. Now there is fear. Musicians have fear of others picking up their instruments. Seriously. Should have seen how fast Pastor grabbed that double neck guitar when I pulled it off that wall. I grabbed that double yeah let me show you how this works (laughs) I can play the drums on that guitar (laughs) I'm not a guitar player I can barely play the drums anymore he liked that guitar boy I touched that bad boy I thought he was going to start speaking Chinese let it go just kidding the fear of breaking it maybe the lack of finesse from unskilled hands have damaged many instruments beyond their ability to be repaired you know there's people in this city that will never come back to this church because there's people in this church that injured them Can you be honest? Can we be honest? Folks, there's people that will never go back to the Raleigh church because I didn't pipe the right sound. 
There's people. There's people here. You've injured somebody. But you know what, folks? An instrument sitting in their case is no good. Mm-hmm. Useless without being played. Then say someone desires to play it. They know how to play very well, so they take this instrument up and they begin to play upon the instrument. But because they have been sitting around so long, the instrument is out of tune. Raleigh, North Carolina, your pastor was walking me around. He showed me all these different pianos that they gave you. And Raleigh, there's a man who was sick when I first got there. He was actually the, the father of a sister that had been coming to the church. She asked if I'd go pray for him. I said, you bet. We went to the hospital, prayed for him. He was able to come out of the hospital for maybe seven, eight, nine months or so. But then I had heard he passed on. And about a year later, I guess in the will, he willed his piano, which was a beautiful piano, to the church. I'm like, really? She, yeah, yeah. So we went to pick it up. Had to go pick it up. Took us like 100 people to pick this thing up, you know. So we got this thing to the church. Had a guy in the church, I called him Fingers, because this dog, he, he can play, man. He began to play on that thing. And I'm telling you, it was horrible. I said, you ain't playing that right. He said, no, no, Pastor, I'm playing. I said, you ain't playing that right. You ain't hitting something right, right on that. He said, no, I am playing right. It was a piano that's been donated, but because it's been sitting around. Maybe it was just decor. Maybe his wife played it and he didn't. She passed on. He just loved it. Look at it, you know. Now it's just decor. Maybe he had no more time to play. Maybe in his sickness, he's like, I'm not going to mess with it no more. Nonetheless, it was given to us and because it had been sitting through all these different seasons of life and time and dust and everything else, if we're going to use it, it's going to have to get tuned or everyone who tries to find themselves with that piano, it's going to sound like we're doing the Muslim call to prayer. It's going to be bizarre. The instrument it's going to need some work. That's exactly how we can be right there. Some, it's been a while since you yielded your members as instruments of righteousness. Therefore, your instrument, if you would, sounds off when it's time to play. It sounds off. Maybe your strings are a bit loose. Everything's loose, you know, everything got loose. Like, ah, I don't care. You loosened up on everything. All the strings are loose. And so now, you know, no more convictions. You don't read your Bible. You don't pray. No more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Just loose. Some, you're bound up a bit too tight. You're uptight about everything. Whatever the case, the instrument needs tuning. John 6 and verse 70, Jesus answered it, have I not chosen you, the 12? Yet one of you is a devil. He said, I have chosen, I, God incarnate, has chosen, I have, yet when I pick up your life and I put my hand to play on you, you don't sound the, the melody of heaven. Your piping sounds from hell. One of you is a devil. First Corinthians 14, verse number eight, for if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who will prepare themselves for war? They have different sounds for the calls, different calls and different things. So this, the trumpet would be the thing that would sound. Everybody, what was that? No, wrong. It's got to sound off accurately. Each one has its desired sound and it must play in tune or everything is going to be off. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 13 and 14. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and 
evil. By reason of use, we become skilled. The musician's first order of business is not to get on their instrument and just start playing. Any musician, I'm not one, but any musician worth their weight and salt doesn't just come over here. Don't relax. I'm not going to pick it off. <laughs> don't touch it. Right. You know, they don't, they don't just come up here and start. Okay, I'm ready. No, no, no. They get up here and they get all kinds of gadgets and things to get it in tune before they play. The first order of business is to make sure the instrument is ready to be used. You with me? When we are in tune with God, it's because God has been using us. That we will not be sitting around, or we have not been sitting around collecting dust, if you would, ignoring the Holy Spirit and the will of God. But we have had the the hands of the musician play his melody upon us. You know, instruments never make their own expression. These instruments started playing themselves, every one of us would be gone. And you see how fast a black man can run. Let them start playing. Hmm? And just, right? Ain't going to happen. It needs a musician. In the book of John, chapter 5 and verse 30, it says, I can all of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. John 12 and 49, for I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which has sent me, he gave me commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. Jesus saying this, as the Father has said, so I speak. I do not speak, he says, on my own accord. I am an instrument on earth of the Father's passion. Folks, we are to be an instrument yielded to the righteousness of God. And if this is the case, our obedience to the touch of the master is what tightens the strings of our lives. This is what adjusts um, the the, the head on the drums, if you will. This is what sets the pins um, in the piano. It is obedience. It's in submission to God that we find this, that God is willing to use us for whatever. The Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist um, the devil. When God asks you to do something, when God asks you to witness to someone, when God asks you and challenges you to give more in an offering, When he says, hey, you speak kind words to your wife and stop being a jerk. When he says to the wife, hey, respect your husband and stop being a Jezebel. When God says, forgive someone who hurts you. These aren't easy, but hey, he says it anyway. Forgive them when God says pray for someone who is sick. When we are convicted over a funky attitude we've been carrying around. And God says you need to adjust that yesterday. Hello, somebody. When the father says I'm not going to put up with this funky attitude anymore, you need to get it right. When we are challenged to lift our eyes off of self and place our eyes upon someone else, what in the world is God doing? I'm telling you what he is doing. He is tuning his instrument for use. He's not just doing it so you'll just... No, no, no. He's tuning his instrument for use. And sometimes, beloved, this process is painful. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 6 and verse 11, 2, it says, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Says no chastening for the present time seems to be joyous but grievous. Oswald Chambers said... Men think God is destroying them when he is tuning them. It is painful. 
It's a quiet thing. It's not broadcasted for everyone like I preach Sunday morning. It's quiet. And in this arena, God is turning. None of us hear the musician turning his strings and setting the bass. None of us hear the turning of the drums and and the tightening of that skin around that. But you can feel it when God is doing it. You know God is challenging. You know God is dealing. You know God is saying, hey, I am not going to put up with that anymore. And you can feel God's displeasure and God say, hey, I'm trying to turn this. I'm trying to twist this. And why would he do that? Because his desire is to use you. His desire is to take the instrument up um, in a certain realm or reason or a place, uh, a certain place of company where God can begin to get the glory. Can I make a stiff, a, 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 a difficult statement that is true whether you want to receive it or not? If an instrument cannot stay in tune, it will be placed to the side and considered useless. In our church in Raleigh, some years back, my son, bass player, really good. And we're having, we had a phenomenal worship service. It was just so liberating. And so he's back, you know, and, and my other son's on the drums and, and it was just, it was just, it was live wire. It was just so good. And one day I'm like, and I turn around and I told him, stop, I'm leading worship because I loved it. I said, stop, stop. So he's thinking I'm telling him to stop because he's going to come and he's going to and come back in. No, no. So he did. He stopped and came back in. I said, no, no, stop. So then he tried to do it in a second song. I said, stop. <laughs> and then he tries to come in during the worship song. I looked at him and said, don't play anymore. And at the end of the song service, he was like 15 years old. He has a, you know, the typical teenage. You won't let me play. How come, Dad? What, what did I do? So you didn't do anything. Somehow you ain't playing that thing right. He said, it is. I tuned it. I said, it ain't tuned right. It ain't going right. It's not playing right. So he tuned in, you know, they played again after certain, and it acted up again after a couple seconds. Thought maybe it was the strings, bought some new strings. Nope, wasn't the strings. Took to a place called Guitar Center. They did something to it. They looked at it under some kind of light or whatever and found out that the, the, the neck had all these hairline fractures in it. So he'd get it tuned and it'd get untuned as soon as he began to play. I said, how'd those cracks get in there? This is a side story. Y'all want to know how that crack got in there? Y'all want to know? Oh, I don't know. I can only, I can only assume. Them little brats. Them little brats. Running around and saying, <laughs> bow! And hitting the, bow! So I got back behind that pulpit, got a new one. And I said, if another kid comes up here and drops the bass, you just bought it. Deliverance. All the kids were angels. But you know what happened to that base? It went into a closet. You know where it probably still is? In the closet. You know why? Because it, it will not stay in tune. <laughs> it will not stay in tune. So it cannot be played with the rest of the instruments. It cannot be played in the orchestra of the Lord. It won't harmonize with the rest of the instruments. You know why? Because it's not about one. It's about the whole. That's why. It's not just, well, I'm going to say you're going to hurt the feelings of the base. The base is going to be in the closet in the dark. It's not about the base. It's about all of them working together. And if the base can't work with the rest, the base don't need to be in it. Hello, somebody. Psalms 133, verse number one. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. When the people of God are together. When they're of one heart, of one mind, of one passion, of of one desire, this is not easy. How many know we all have attitudes? 
Mm-hmm. Thank you. Whoever said amen, you're like the only one who agrees with that. Hey, well, I ain't got no attitude. Well, you just showed it. <laughs> we all have our attitudes. We all have our pride. We all have our insecurities. But the Bible says, and behold how good and pleasant it is, brethren, to dwell together in unity. He says, there he has commanded blessing. There. Where we are in unity. When you and I are working together as a whole. It is a symphony, if you would. An array of instruments sounding off. Making a triumphant sound that pleases God. Revelation 19.6 says, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. A voice, multitude, each one sounding off, and they came together, and it seemed to him like thundering, such a magnificent sound, saying the same thing, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns I ask myself what do people hear when the Lord decides to play his songs with all the passion that is in him on my life God am I distorting the song of heaven the melody of him. Am I distorting that? Is my life out of tune with what you will to be heard and played through my life? Can I pipe the right sounds? Even tonight as the minister, can I pipe the, the right sounds? Can I be in tune with you tonight? Even, even as the preacher Can you pipe that sound in my life? Can those that are hearing the sound can find deliverance like Saul? They might have come in rebellious, come in broken, come in in sin, come in messed up. But God, from my life and what you're piping through, am I in tune with what you want them to hear? It's not about me. It's not about the one instrument. It's about the whole of them all. Ask yourself tonight. How do I contribute to the whole? Ask yourself, how do, how do I contribute? Am I out of tune, Lord? Let me close quickly with God's orchestra. I would have never thought that I would like music like Beethoven. Mozart and every other musician and symphony or group that I can't pronounce. So true, it stimulates the brain. Don't come to me and talk about the scientific theory behind it all. I don't know, folks. I know some about the way it's written and uh, the the circumstructural forces of the. Way over my head, so don't, don't. Just keep that knowledge to yourself. But it is true, it helps the thought processes. When our kids were in grade school, they were third grade, the third grade teacher, like a 75-year-old black woman in Tennessee. She was old school. She had tape on the ground. I'm looking at the tape on the ground as we're going for a PTA conference with her. And, uh, you know, all the students, I said, what's the tape on the ground? She says, all the students, they got to, they got to walk on that tape till they find their desk. You stay on that tape until you get to where your desk is. And then you can get off the tape. Keeps them bad boys in order. Mm-hmm. Show does. <laughs> so we're sitting down in her office. And as we're in there, some of the kids were cutting up. She said, get back over there. And, and they're like, I'm getting them back on the tape. And she goes, <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get this woman. Ah, so cute. Anyways, so we're sitting in the office, and I said, you know, she's talking, and I'm listening to the music. I'm like, I'm listening. And she had a little radio back there, and it's playing classical music. I said, do you, do you always have this classical music on? She goes, oh, yes. I said, why? She said, well, two reasons. She said, number one, instinctively, 
the kids know they're not to talk louder than it. And I was just about, God is my witness, I was just about to say, whatever. And I realized how I was talking. Do you always play this music right here? <laughs> it was like instinctively, oh. I'm like, oh. He said, and the second reason why it's been proven that it enhances their test scores. Dumb as I am, I've been listening to it all the time. I need all the help I can get. Hello, somebody. <laughs> I said, man, that's powerful, man. That it helps you focus. I want you to listen to me, please. I'm finishing. It is absolutely amazing how so many instruments that are so different from one another can sound off at the same time and make us focus. Unbelievable. I listen when I'm studying. I listen when I'm driving. I listen when I'm going to sleep. My kids now listen to it. I got pastors that listen to it. One of them's like, ah, whatever. And then he listened to it about six months later. It works. I'm like, what? He's not been listening to this and man, I can focus. I'm not telling you, man. I'm telling you. An orchestra. It's a company of performers on various musical instruments, including the stringed instruments, clarinets, flutes, cornets, trombones, drums, cymbals. And it's for played concerted music, such as symphonies, operas, and other compositions. A small orchestra is about 50 instruments. 50. 50 attitudes. How many we have up in here? 50. A large orchestra is a hundred or more instruments. Now I'm going to butcher this a tad bit, but listen to this. An orchestra consists of woodwinds, piccolo, two flutes, two oboes, coranglias, two clarinets in B-flat, a bass clarinet, and a clarinet in E-flat, two bassoons or contrabassoons. Every time I see that, I think of baboons. I don't know why. A couple baboons. I don't know. Anyway, contrabassoon. I need to look it up one day. I haven't done it. Brass and brass. There's four horns, three trumpets, three trombones, and a tuba. In percussion, there's a timpani, a snare drum, tenor drum, bass drum, cymbals, a tom-tom, triangle, woodblock, tambourine, glockenspiel, xylophone, vibraphone, chimes, and a marimba. Keyboards, there's a celesta and there's a piano, grand piano. Strings, there's a harp, 30 violins, 12 violas or violas, 10 cellos, 8 Double basses. All of these instruments working together in unison and time, each one of them. And every one of them creating an incredibly exhilarating, gloriously invigorating, breathtaking sound. Each one of them. You know, the beauty of the symphony is not the soloist. It's all of them working together, creating this wonderful masterpiece. It is a conglomerate of sounds from each instrument, piping off, making a spectacular sound to the ear. When we are the instruments of righteousness that God would choose to play his melody upon, our life becomes part of God's orchestra. Part of God's symphony. God's expression in the earth. You know what happens? People hear God. They see God. They capture the awe of the creator when they hear what he plays through your life. Through my life. And in the end, God gets the glory. That's it. In the end, when it's all, God gets the glory. Think about it. At the end of a concert, they have um, what they call the crescendo. And you know, the guy's wig. Dun, 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 dun,
pretty nice rendition, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty nice. Been practicing that. <laughs> and you know what happens at the end of that? Everyone stands to their feet and they applaud. And it's not this little golf clap. No, man. They jump to their feet and they applaud. And if you ever see, they sit there for a long time. Who in the world are they applauding? That violin in the third row in the back over there. Really? Who are they applauding? Anyone know? Huh? They ain't applauding no conductor. Who are they applauding? Who's everybody applauding? Who? The orchestra. What does the orchestra consist of? Musicians, right? You know what happens to the instruments? <laughs> They're playing their instrument. The instrument's set to the side, and then the musician takes the bow, don't they? It's, 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 it's all about the musician. It's not about the instrument. At the end of it all, folks, all God wants from your life and from mine, at the end of it all, is the glory. I want you to listen to me as I finish. Listen to me. He can get it from everything else. He can get it from fish. Told that fish, swallow a coin. Bite the hook. Peter pulled it out. Told that fish, you'll swallow that man when he gets thrown over. Jonah. He can get it from a donkey. Open your mouth and say what I say. That's not too much of a miracle. Donkeys still speak. (laughs) Hee haw. (laughs) He can get it from birds. Told them birds, hey, drop food for Elijah. Don't you dare eat it. Got on a donkey that no one ever rode, Jesus. You try it. You try it. He can get it from all the animals. He can get it from nature. He said, all the trees worship. He says, when you and I won't, he said, he'll make the rocks speak. It's coming a day, he said, the dust from the servant's feet will testify. Everything gives. But God gave you a will. You have to give it to God. This is how he plays through our life and God gets the glory. It's all about God. You with me tonight? It's all about God. It's all about God. It's all about God. Will you allow him to make your life his expression? I'm not calling one person into any ministry. I never do that, but I am calling you to a place where God gets the glory from your life, your marriage, your home, your person. Let me read a poem to you. You've probably heard it, but bear with me. You can bow your heads as I read this. Just the keyboard tonight, if you don't mind. It was battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it hardly worth his while to waste his time on the old violin, but he held it up with a smile. What am I to bid? Good people, he cried, who will start the bidding for me? One dollar, one dollar, do I hear two? Two dollars, who will make it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going for three, but no. From the back of the room, a gray-haired man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening all of the strings, he played a melody pure and sweet, as sweet as an angel could sing. The music had ceased and the auctioneer, with a voice that was quiet and low, said, what am I to bid for this old violin? But then he held it together with the bow. One thousand. One thousand. Do I hear two? Two thousand. Who'll make it three? Three thousand once, three thousand twice, going and gone, said he. The audience cheered, but some of them cried. We don't quite understand what changed its worth. Swift came the reply. It was the touch 
of the master's hand. And many a man with his life out of tune, all battered and bruised with hardship and sin is auctioned cheap to a thoughtless crowd just like the old violin. A mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and he travels on. He's going once, he's going twice, he's going and almost gone. But the master comes, and the foolish crowd never can quite understand the worth of one soul and the change that's wrought by one touch of the master's hand. God wants to touch his instruments. God wants to tweak the instrument. He wants to adjust and set it. God wants to use your life for his glory. Whatever that might be. Whatever the instrument can, the the sound that should come from, it should complement the other sounds that are coming from the other instruments. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us together. It's about God as our father and you and I as the body of Christ, the hand, the foot, the elbow, the knee, each one of us doing our part, playing our role, allowing God to use our, and then the whole working together and God commanding blessing right there. Problems come when we become disobedient. And then the instrument doesn't sound off like it should. No trumpet is going to sound like a violin. Drums aren't going to sound like a keyboard. No, each one has its proper sound. And when we aren't allowing God to use us for what he has created us for, I'm telling you, there's problems. There's placement in the kingdom. God sets the members into the body as he sees fit. Will you allow him to adjust your life? Will you allow him to tune you? You're here tonight and there's sin. Sin always makes the instrument warped. Never can sound off accurately can't hold to a conviction can't hold to a dish sin robs the problem with sin is the middle letter it's always I I want what I want but it doesn't work like that with God you got to bring that I before Jesus and say God I am the problem I have sinned I have done wrong I have ran away and I I'm asking you to forgive me. And with this comes this incredible blessed assurance of forgiveness and grace that covers over and God reworking and working his hand upon that instrument and God doing what only God can do. Tuning, fixing, restoring. You know, we had to take that instrument to someone who knew how to fix it. Or we could have had it fixed, but it would have cost us a lot of resources. It was cheaper to buy another one. It's not cheaper to replace you. There's only one of you. And God is into restoration. He will restore the reasons why you keep getting out of tune. But you've got to allow him the opportunity. And sin will always scar and mar. You say, preacher, I need God to forgive me. I'm not asking you what you've done, beloved. I'm just telling you, you've got to respond to God. God, I need you to forgive me. Raise your hand if that's you. Slip it up in the air. God bless you, sister. Would there be someone else? Be honest right now. Put your hand up. Be honest. No one looking around, please. This is a moment of sincerity. God, I need forgiveness. I'm a backslider. I know better. I'm not doing right. I'm not living right. But God, I'm going to get right, right now, right now. Come on, who else? Slip your hand up in the air. Put it up, put it up, put it up. God, I'm not going to live this way. God, I want you to take my life and use it. Forgive me. I've run off course. God, I've been rebellious concerning the tightening of my life and the strings. I've been disobedient. But you know what, God? I'm coming home. I'm asking you to forgive me. Who else? Slip it up, slip it up. Put your hand in the air quickly, quickly. God bless you, dear. Who else? Come on. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Very well. You raised your hand, sis. I want you to step out of your seat. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Kneel down right here. I need one sister to pray with her, please. Just kneel down right here, dear. Okay. 
God have mercy on me as a sinner. Forgive me. Church, I'm not going to linger. I'm not going to linger. Why don't you stand to your feet with me all over this place? I know that I know that I know that God's speaking. I know. I know. Come on. We need an orchestra tonight. We need to sound off. God, you have every right. Touch this instrument. Tune me for your use. Step out of your seat. Find a place at this altar. Come on. We're not going to linger long. We're not going to linger long. One thing that I want to do at the end of this, that's it. You come quickly, quickly, quickly. Kneel down. Make a commitment to God briefly. Father God, forgive me. God, help me. Some, some, it's in your marriage. Some, it's in relation. Some, it's sin. Other issues in your heart and life. You're not allowing God to tune. You're disobedient in areas of your life. You know what, God? I'm asking you, forgive me. God, tune my life. God, tune my life. Come on, tell the Lord, I don't want to be out of tune. Yeah, I don't want to be set to the side. I don't want to be an instrument that's that's moved away, God. I don't want to be one that you would not be able to use. Oh God, Father, forgive me. It's been about me. It's been about my desires. Been about my longings and my likes and dislikes. And God, because of this, God, I've resisted the tuning of my life and I'm asking you to forgive me come on God forgive me oh God hallelujah Lord come on tell the Lord I am going to surrender here I am going to submit here God, I am going to allow the hand of God. Father, I know there are souls, there's family members, there's backslidden brethren. God, that Lord, need what you can pipe through my life, God. God, let my life not be injuring them, but helping them. Let the words that come through me, the sounds that you would pipe through my life, God, let it be anointed by God that destroys that yoke that falls suddenly upon them there's backsliders oh God we yearn to see them come home God that you would rescue them God that our lives would bring grace God bring bring grace to them hope and strength God there are those that are bound up in torments Hallelujah. Oh God. God help us tonight, Father, please. Okay, very quickly before we end tonight. You can play softly, sister. That's fine. Thank you. Before we end, this is what I feel we need to do. Every time I minister this sermon, I always feel the Lord has me do this same thing. I want you to stand to your feet with me, please. And if everyone would just take a step back, way back, even if you go back to your seats for just a moment and stand where you were, this has got to be something pronounced here. Our pastor, he can, he can make his way up. Stand at your seat if you don't mind. Just stand there. Instruments. I am not saying you're going to be a preacher. You're going to be a pastor's wife, and you're going to be a, a you know this that. And folks, I, I, I didn't create you in your mother's womb, and I am not speaking what kind of instrument you're going to be. But I am declaring to you a valid truth. You are an instrument. And somebody is going to play on that instrument. You're either going to pipe the sounds of heaven or you're going to pipe the sounds of hell. If God can't play on the instrument, the devil will. We have to say, God, I am refusing. To allow my life to be toying, a toy for the devil to play on. I am not going to do it. You have every right, God. You have every right.
don't let me sound off. Don't let my pride and the arenas of my resistance to cause me to be that instrument that gets put in the closet. The only one who plays in the dark is the devil. You listening? He's the only one. The devil will play in the closet, but God, he plays in the light because he wants everyone to hear what he's playing through your life. The devil, everyone else in the closet will gather to you. All the rebels, all those that are unwilling to allow their, all those who, yeah, yeah, well, you just, yeah, my life, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they just kind of put me in the closet. Yeah, 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 blah, blah. In the dark. God, I don't want that. God, I want my life to sound off accurately. Scares me to death when the Bible says, I never knew you. He's speaking to people who said they did this, that, and the other in his name. But I never knew you. I couldn't put my hands on that instrument, so I put you away. I don't know who you are. You're piping the wrong sense. Scares me to death, folks. That can be me in five minutes. One man said, you can say no and you can say Lord, but never together. God, put your hands on my life. And this is how we're going to end this. This is covenant, not just, this isn't covenant, you know, uh, you, you know you're making me sign, you're making me do, you're making, no, no, no. <laughs> this is covenant with God. Because no one else knows the instrument except you. God, you have every right. If you're saying to the Lord, listen, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're saying to the Lord right now, God, please don't let my life be out of tune with the orchestra of heaven. I want you to step out of your seat and stand at this altar right now. Just come stand at this altar and bow your head. Just come. Don't tap anyone. Don't talk to anyone. This is a solemn moment. Don't come if you're toying, please. There's no shame here. If you have to second guess this, then then stay in your seat. This is you're, you're making a, a vow to God. You know what, God? Yes, this is not easy, but it's making a statement. You know what, God? I'm not going to toy. You died on the cross. You made the. You did all. Father God, I am going to allow you to have expression. That means, God, I'm going to humble myself under the mighty hand of God. And God, you have every right. Tweak, twist, turn. Give me an ear to hear the words of correction and the chastening. God, I know it's not going to be pleasant, but God, it's going to bring about the peaceable fruit of righteousness, which the Bible says is part and parcel of the instrument. Instruments of righteousness unto God. God, give me an ear to be responsing, to make a response to instruction in righteousness. God, please. Don't want to be an instrument set aside. No one's looking around, please. I'm not looking around. I don't do this. It's a sacred moment. Even though I know we're going to open our eyes in a moment. It's a sacred moment. And we're standing on holy ground like we preached last night and making covenant with God by our feet standing at the altar. God, turn, twist, adjust, set the pins, do what you must. That my life, my marriage, my parenting, whatever ministry you would give me, the resource, my job, people around me, God, that they hear the sound that you would pipe through this vessel and it would come out accurately. Oh God, help me to have a heart like David that God, when the need is on, emotion and passion is on this instrument. God, touch me. Touch me. Father, I'm asking right now by the blood that you would move upon every one of us standing here at this altar. God, that there would be a will that is set to the side, ours. That, Lord, collectively we would say to the Lord God conductor of this whole thing, Yes, Lord, your will be done. 
God, I pray, help us to respond when you tell us to sound off on the left or sound off in the back. And when you call five or six to sound off at the same time, God, may we respond in an instant and God, may the sound please heaven. May earth be moved by what you would do through us. Challenge every one of us, God. Twist, Lord, those strings. God, do what you must to help us to stay in tune. Give us an ear to hear. Oh, God, please keep us, God, in that pocket. God, where we are close to your heart, that God, we know we are in tune. May there be that incredible hum that comes from the melody of the people of God harmonizing together as instruments that are in tune, used by God. Father, bring revival to Rochester. Bring revival to the churches surrounding. Lord, let it even trickle into the churches that aren't even a part of this church uh, and even a part of our fellowship. Let it be people saved on the left and right because what they hear through us, maybe we would witness, maybe we would encourage, maybe our smile uh, would be a song we don't even know is coming off of us that others would see and it would brighten their day and cause people we don't even know to be saved. God, let it be that God revival breaks out because we say yes Lord because we say yes Lord I thank you for it God I give you praise right now in Jesus name can we take a moment and worship God together come on Father we love you God we worship